He's like, Danny, be real with the people, but don't lie to them. Freely admit that I am prejudiced against timeshares. So my definition of timeshare is prepaid vacations. And uh, last year, the average uh, timeshare sold for about $20,000. If you're a salesperson, this is something you want to tap into. Biggest thing with objections? For timeshare, all you hear is a bunch of negative things. And they were persuasive and they kept pushing us and pushing us and, and we'd say no and they'd say something else. <laughs> we here, we here. Episode 17. Uh, shout outs to Factual Film Studio. Appreciate you guys for giving us the opportunity to use your, your studio. Uh, shout outs to Sold in 60 Podcast, which is one of the most in-demand podcasts right now. You definitely want to log on to your Instagram and type in Sold in 60. You'll definitely get the opportunity to hear um, snippets of the video here. We we definitely have a, a, a major, major guest in the building uh, i mean i know this guy from back in the day rich has a, his 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 history with him please if you will rich introduce our guest for today man yo yo give your thunderous rounds of applause for my boy desmond loban thank you man <laughs> welcome 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 man welcome. appreciate it what up champ man everything's good how are you good man thanks for pulling up man for sure, you know what I'm saying? For sure. timeshare veterans in the house i appreciate Bringing me here, <laughs> I love it. We have I to love have it, you, man. So, shoot. Um, so we got viewers from that's in the game or that want to get in the game. And one of the, the main things that I always ask anyone that comes on the show is, how did you get in this industry in the first place? It was something I drug my feet on uh, for years because my whole thing I want to get my real estate license to sell houses. Mm-hmm. That was the main thing. Um, but timeshare and specifically a particular company, because I met this guy, he had to be barely 21. Mm. And um, around that time, I when I met him, I had to be about 25, 26. And I bumped into him downtown Orlando with a mutual friend. And he said he was talking timeshare, he was bragging about this company he worked for, mm-hmm. very well-known company. And he just said, I just want to blow three grand. And you just barely 21. So I just want to blow three grand because I had a great month. Mm. I'm like, man, what do you do? And I was making decent money myself. So it wasn't like, oh my God. But I was, right. you know, I went out there just dropping three grand like that on this alcohol and playing around. So, right. yeah. you know, I'm like, okay, you're a little younger than me. Uh, you know, I'm like, okay. You know, so it's always been in the back of my mind, like, all right, I'm going to go in there and see what it's all about. Which really for me was to build a nice reserve income and then jump into the market. Mm. But um, it's a situation to where, you know, that money comes fast, is consistent. Um, Real estate is something where you got to build up that pipeline and I just kind of stayed, you know? So that's how I got in and that's how I'm still in it right now to this day. Mm. Hard to walk away from. It's hard to walk away from. <laughs> That's what you do. One more flip. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, it's it's a situation to where, you know, um, your money be low one day, but it takes that one deal. Mm. You know, that one week. You know, it it turns everything around. So, you know, that's that's the business. Yeah. You, know? you think that I was asking somebody this? I mean, it's kind of like a. No brainer, but do you think like uh, the fast money changes individuals that's not used to get it so fast? 
I mean, changing them in what aspect? Um, attitude? Attitude, or? the way you treat people, maybe the way they treat their family or... I can see that with anything. I mean, you know, any industry, you know, once you start finding success, uh, money just brings out who you really are. Mm. For me, it changed out how I'm going to make money. I can't see myself doing a regular clock in and out job mm. ever again. Yeah. I mean, uh, I I never really did those type of jobs anyway. I mean, for years, uh, you know, since uh, probably 21, 22 always had a job, if you want to say, I work till I'm done. I might have a specific time I had to be at job at a particular place, mm-hmm. but it was never a clock in at nine, you're off at five. It could be a long day. It could be a short day. It's just I always worked performance-based in a performance-based industry. Right? I produced as well my performance. So um, getting into this, it changed for me how I make my money. As far as the time I put into it and what I'm going to do. And this kind of just set the tone for, you know, I, I'm going to set the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Not true. So uh, we were talking about this earlier. So you've had the opportunity, unlike other people, they probably came in the game and they've only only been a sales rep. Uh, you had the opportunity to wear multiple hats. Uh, you was a sales rep at one point, mm-hmm. theater at another point, selling vacation packages mm-hmm. at another point. So I guess we can start with uh, the sales rep. Uh, or what were you first? Uh, sales rep. Sales rep. Okay, mm-hmm. so we can start with the sales rep first. Um, were you at a, a, a company that was selling uh, point packages or, or week packages at the time? Data weeks. Data weeks, okay. And what would you say the difference? Have you worked at a company that sold points before? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, and what would you say is the main difference between uh, a point package program and a week's package program? I mean, for people that's in the industry, it's, it's, to me, it's just wording. Um, if you want to, if you was talking to a, a client, you know, you, you're going to play one against the other. Mm-hmm. And you really analyze it, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's all the same thing. It's the thing. same thing. Even depending on what resort you are. See, some people say, well... Oh, I'm going to leave this resort and go to this one. Or, oh, these people, I'm going to go to this resort. I'm going to go to this company. You're saying it's really all the same thing. It's really all the same. And when it comes to points, um, it could be more confusing to others. Um, You can manipulate it to sound one way. Because, I mean, it's just... You you might have one company that says, okay, 100,000 points equals two weeks. And another company, well, 60,000 points equals a week. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, another company might be 200,000 points. So, you know, points is really a figment of a man's imagination. There's really no specific, okay, this is what it is and what it's not. Uh, one thing about Dita Weeks, I always kind of like to pitch eight days, seven nights is a week. You can't manipulate that. Right? Mm-hmm. That's you true. Know, that's one thing, especially when you're talking to uh, seniors, you know, when you're talking to a senior citizen, that points can be a little confusing. They want to be in the part of the program, but then when you start talking, about, oh, well, you can take 60,000 points and go here to Colorado and 10,000 points and go here, then it gets kind of like a cluster to them. It gets confusing. Eight days, seven nights, one week is more it's easy to explain. Fun. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, true. True, true, true. Interesting. We always have, we have, because we have people on the, you know, on the show from different places so we always say like what's better weeks of points well for me it's 
<laughs> whoever I'm with. Right. Yeah. That's, 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 that's true. I would make it work, and then I would make it as simple as possible for anybody to understand. But if it was for me, um, I'm just saying, you know, it's it's who's explaining it. Mm-hmm. But I think I can break it down because I'm currently selling deeded week. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's in my mind right now. You cannot manipulate eight days, seven nights. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You want a week, you get a week. That's it. Simple mm-hmm. as that. Got you. Got you. Got you. All right. Interesting. I like that though. At least you, 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 you're saying whoever's in front of me. That's that's you know that's depending on what they don't have is what they is what they need. I got you. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. For sure. I I what you got? What? So you went from you did sales, right? Yeah. So. So you said Dieter, right? Mm-hmm. And some some companies call it something different. What do they call them? A closing closing agent? officer, um, Dieters. Are they generally the same? So for your viewers or your listeners who may not know what the deeding and closing officer is, is when someone purchases, there is a closing process. Kind of like if you was to sell a home, there's a closing, Correct. and they go over the ownership documents. Um, being in that space, how how different is that from sales? Because from not for me, not ever being in that position. It always feels like we have different levels, right? right. And uh, and as a salesperson, you have you have different levels to overcome. So OPC on or off property contact has to get them in front of the salesperson. Right. The salesperson's level is to get the person to want to become an owner. Once you get them an owner, now they got to go past this closing process. What's that like? And is it a play against the salesperson, or is it really connected? No. Um... I have seen some companies will call it quality control. The point is to close the deal. You sold something on the on the you on the second floor, wherever you however your your resort is set up. If you sold a family, the closing officer's job is to close the deal. It's not to kick your deal. It's not to you know, shake the deal. Their job is to close it. As a, as a dealer, one thing you really got to understand, if every time a family walks in their office and that family's getting kicked, that dealer's not going to have a job long. Uh-huh. The job of a dealer is to close the deal so they don't cancel. So the resort, the company makes money, and so the people that's all involved earn a living. Um, one thing that, you know, you can't just be spitting those flames and then now they're being recorded and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, he told me I can move in on the first. Right. You know, yeah, you can't go that far. It's just, and, and you are being recorded. And these things, if it was something to go to court, these recordings will be get pulled up. But um, as long as everything makes sense, is going through the documents, make them understand exactly what it is that they purchase. You'll see some of the same um, truth in lending, like you were actually buying a, a, a house, mm-hmm. residential, on the residential side. You see a lot of the same um, paperwork and uh, the same terminology and stuff. Um, but it's just to solidify everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I know a lot of reps. Families like freak out. Where, when they go into the dealer's office, I mean, just all this house presented. I mean, you know, if it depends on a rep. I've, I've heard reps say, well, this is an attorney. I've been called an attorney. <laughs> but you know what it is, though? Certain cultures or certain states have, they, they, they relate to a different uh, process. So, like, in New York, they don't have, they deal with attorneys for closings. Even on a timeshare side? Well, it's, well, you're talking about for, like, homes. It's, yeah, it's, yeah right, but they, right. they're familiar with that term. 
Like they don't have title companies. They use the internet. Right. That right. Right. Okay. Makes sense. But I mean, I don't think it should be going to doomsday when you're going to the dealer's office. Present it to where it's fun. People are not scared. Don't feel like you're signing your life away. That's how your deals get kicked. Because now it's like hitting the reality. You set it up to where like, don't say this, don't say that, don't say this. And this guy, you know, you just just say less as possible and go in there and sign the paperwork. That's how you start putting creating doubt in people's mind. Because now they're sitting there like, oh, my God. Because it's a stack of stuff you got to sign. Right. You got to sign some stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's like, oh, my God, what are we doing? Just right. present it as fun as vacations. Keep it light like that, I personally feel. Right. Got you. So this is coming from... Uh, all the sales reps out there, they definitely want to know, why does deeding take so long? Oh, that just depends on your deeder in the family. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, well, you might have a family that's just really long-winded. Oh, got you, yeah, got you, got you. you. Okay. Yeah. Because a, a, a lot of reps claim they're getting deals and their families walk out and change their mind just because there's not enough deeders or the deeders are taking too long to get them in the room. And I'm pretty sure you've heard that. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, I've been through that. Um, it could just be a situation where the, the deeding department is short staffed. You don't know what issues came up in one particular office where the, you know, it's slowing down the process. Analytical families, they, you do have some people that they start reading through that stuff yeah yeah you know and they ask questions and you know they have the right to ask the questions it might sound like stupid questions but you know these, this is the first time for a lot of these people doing these things but it just depends you do might you might have a dealer that's new slow drag their feet um i've seen where dealers want that to be their last deal so they can go home if they finish too fast i'm just giving you all the real right, right. if they finish <laughs> too fast they might get another file on their desk and that prolongs them going home it's a lot of different reasons you know so being that you are i mean this is coming directly from being that you worked in it uh, as a dealer why would you say is the most common reason why families cancel because you see it right there in, the, in their face oh, man um i i could say a few YouTube, YouTube, internet, mm. family members, friends, you know, um, that weren't there, that don't even understand the process. You know, you got to realize you spend, you know, an hour, two, three, four, five hours, depending on what the situation is. And then it takes a loved one once they make it home to now all of a sudden like, what the hell? Why did you do that? Right. And you know nothing about it. Now, if they were sitting, they were present with you, might have been a different scenario. But then when you have somebody, I mean, you could be a great sales rep and overcome a lot of that, but sometimes your influence is not going to overcome a parent, mm-hmm. sibling, or the neighbor. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. So that that's one. The internet's another. It could be the rep's fault, not answering the phone. Um, a lot of uncertain, a lot of uncertainty and different things like that. So it just wasn't closed up. And even a dealer, and that's one of the things that the dealer's job is to do is this, if there's questions, if the rep's not answering the phone, they are supposed to call that dealer. At least at every resort's not like that. But from ones I've known, you're supposed to call that dealer. Now, dealer's supposed to button up that deal so well that it should not cancel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I always see it as a level of trust, though, because I feel like... If you made, as, as a salesperson, if you made that family trust you that much, they would call you before they called the dealer. And right. most of the time, the dealer says, if you have any question within these, this amount of time, you contact me, I'm going to charge you the account. But sometimes they'll call you first, the rep. 
They should, and I would prefer if I, if it's a deal with me that you call me because you spent the most time with me. Now, you do have dealers that are very good with forming those relationships because their paychecks and their livelihood depends on the cancellation, even their job. Um, so if they don't trust the rep, which they don't, you know, a lot of them don't, unless they personally know you, they feel you don't answer the phone, then they can send a ghost letter. They only call nobody. They just send a letter. I'll, I'll try to call Desmond and pick up the phone. Boom, send this letter. I'm out of here. I'm done. Um, so they have to build up that relationship as well, just in case the rep might not answer the phone. The rep might go on vacation. It could be a do lot of all, different things. Do all resorts let the rep contact the family? No, there's some resorts that when you're done, it's a done deal. Right. You will get... You get fired for even finding if they find out you exchange phone numbers. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And um, I can only assume the reasons why they do that. I don't know. I just can assume. I mean, I, I would guess if it was my company, well, if this guy leaves, I don't want him calling bad mouth in the company. Right. Or even uh -huh. trying to pull him over here. I don't know. I'm that's just my theory on it. Well, even if the guy left and bad mouthed the company, I mean what, they have ten days, right? It was uh the right to cancel. So after the ten days, I mean, do you know of easier ways to get out of a timeshare after I mean, is there a way to get out of a timeshare after ten days? You tell me. Hey, you've seen the commercials out there. There's a way to get out of everything. Mm. A lot of people just stop paying. I mean a lot of different things. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Well, if you're overseas, I can see you stop playing because there's no credit trace right. or anything like that. Right. But if you stop paying here in the United States, I mean, isn't that on your credit and, and collections and the whole lot? I mean, you got to just kind of really be all the way honest. Um, you know, there's some resorts that they will qualify anybody. Mm -hmm. mm. Got you. Especially if they're the ones holding the financing. Right. So... You know, you make them mad, and it's like you know they you don't know what their how they pay their bills. Mm -hmm. You just got somebody said, okay, you got a five hundred something credit score, and we're gonna sell you a piece of real estate. We're gonna lock you into a ten year mortgage with a high interest rate, but you're gonna use it. <laughs> and then you're irresponsible. You know, I mean, you this just just be all the way honest. It's, it's ways out of everything. Um, I personally feel, uh, you know, so. But we, I think we all would agree that the product works and people should use it. You know what I'm saying? For sure. You know what I mean? So, so people change their mind, it's whatever. But for the most part, I see. And that's what I want to bring more light to because there, there are a lot of happy owners. When you say they look on YouTube, you know what I'm saying? People are not seeing the, the ratio of how many people are actually happy with it. Because I think negativity shines over positivity. Mm -hmm. You know, and you, you, I don't know, challenge yourself. I've never really done it. That, wow, that's crazy. Um... I just hear the stories. If I type in just timeshare and go to YouTube and just type in timeshare, I wonder what exactly I'm really going to pull up. Am I going to get a whole bunch of don't do it kind of stuff? Or, or have you, you ever done it before? Absolutely. And what'd you find? What'd you see? So you're going to get uh, timeshare scams, how to get through a timeshare presentation. And then you're going to get start getting ads that say, get out of your timeshare. And those ads are going to follow you for like a good couple months. <laughs> Phone calls going to start ringing in. You know what I'm saying? So, so you found, you got the negative. You're going to get more negative. And that's the whole reason right. why we, we put together this platform. to right. shed, One, to shed light that there are positive owners and you don't got to be a scumbag. Or the perception of a used car salesman. 
no knock to them, but you know, that negative sales aura or whatever. Right. And, um, you know, we, for that sold in 60 documentary that was, uh, created to, to bring that light to that positive. So in that documentary, we interview owners, uh, guests, you know, people on their experiences, you know, there's people that own months worth of vacation ownership from different resorts. Right, right. You know right. what I mean? So, yeah. So that's that's when I did that homework. And I found, that's what I found. Uh, I mean, you're going to find good and bad in every product. Um, it works, and it wouldn't be a billion-dollar industry if it didn't work. Absolutely. It's just, is it for you or not? Would you use it? You can have your dream car in the garage, whether it's a high-end vehicle, it's a Ferrari, whatnot. If it's something that just sits in the garage and all it's doing is just collecting money from you, you don't utilize it, you probably start resenting the car too. Absolutely. But um, for anybody that wants to travel affordably, People say, you know, I hear, oh, well, it never ends. Well, okay, well, if you're renting your vacation, it never ends either. Uh-huh. You, you're at the mercy of the name on the billboard, the time of the year, what country or state you're going to. There's some places, and I tell people this every day, you're not going to get a Groupon deal on certain locations. Absolutely. If you can't afford to go, you're just not going. And they don't care. They keep the prices high over there for a reason because they don't want everybody over there. I personally feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, D, I think that you um, demonstrate and simplify things. So I'm going to assume that when it comes to sales, you have different closes. Do you have anything that you would say is your top close or top three closes when you're dealing with a family? It really just depends on the rebuttals, what's being said, and who's in front of me, the personalities. But, I mean, for me, is if if you had it, would you use it? If it's affordable, would you buy it? So when, you you know, you start giving me all this, oh, well, you know, I don't know. I got this going on. Well, you're here. Right. You know, um, the same money. How much money were you budgeting to get here? If we can take that same money that you've been budgeting to make this trip, you said you want to go to Aruba. Okay, well, that's going to cost you how many thousand? How much money are you going to be putting aside for that? Instead of just putting that money aside, would you rather just take that same money, pay on something that's going to go away, and still take the trip? Uh-huh. Versus you you, you have to save up five dollars $6,000 to go to a particular location. Once you hit that five six grand, then you can go. I mean... You can start, put a down payment down today, and then by two, February of 2023, take the trip. Mm-hmm. You've only been making, what, three, four payments. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You see? So I'm more of the logic. Um, you know, you're going to spend it anyway. Take your anyway money, and let's see if we can do something with the anyway money. That's just my whole logic. Does it make sense? I like it. That's my thing. Let me ask you this. As a, as a, as a, going back to you in the deeding, as a deeder... What's the biggest deal that ever came across your table? And when you looked at the the monthly payment, even you were like, "Damn, this is." <laughs> Man, you you know what? It doesn't. Those that doesn't come out of me. Um, and typically, when I what I do see, I saw like it was um, it was over hundred thousand was my biggest that I've seen. They typically it's not monthly payments for them. They're oh, talking about paying it. They're talking oh, about wow. if there's not a cash out, they're talking about when they're going to pay it off. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So when you see those bigger deals, it's not the, you know, oh my God, $2,500 a month. I hope they don't cancel. Oh my God, that's a lot of money for, no, they're talking about it's either 0% option Mm -hmm. or if it's not, you know, it's, well, we'll we'll have it paid off by April and we're in November. Yeah, that that. is true. That is true. Yeah, Yeah. it's true. I I pitched a five bedroom, you know, five bedrooms, the more expensive piece of um, inventory we have. Mm And when I do the presentation, I let a lot of the, you know, people know who are new, not owners so much, but people that are new, A through Z tour, that, you know, most people that buy this unit buy one to two of these, and it's not about financing. They Mm -hmm. usually buy them Mm -hmm. outright. You know, so I kind of plant that seed. Set the tone. (laughs) Oh, yeah, to let them know what it is. And then a lot of times, it you know, it it sets it up to where it's like, oh, man, we probably can't afford it. Then, you know, when you do show them what you can possibly do for them today, it's like, well, that's not too bad. So it it does benefit, you Mm -hmm. know, that's how you set it up. You set it up to where it's like doesn't seem like it's attainable before you even say the price. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, D, some people want to know. Uh, to get in the game, to get your head in the game, do you have a morning routine? Yeah. Yeah. Um, usually the gym, but I've been slacking getting that five o'clock thing. I've been kind of slacking on. So, you know, but I'm going to always listen to something motivational, um, whether it's um, an audio book talking about sales, regarding sales, um, something spiritual. I got a couple of. Um, you know, a bishop or two that I listen to mm-hmm. just to keep everything in tune. So, you know, it's not even so much just uh, listen to these sales gurus all the time. Sometimes it's just for me, not even sometimes, all the time for me, just make sure everything is aligned. Because mm-hmm. in this industry, <clears throat> if something is off, it will show up in the job. Mm-hmm. You got to know how to take your personal life, what's going on with your wife, your husband, the kids, if it is something so overwhelming, I would just say ask for the time off if you can, mm-hmm. if you can afford it and if they allow it. You have to set that aside. Um, this is not an easy job. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. It is, to me, a sink or swim business. Um, you have to be able to roll with the punches when things are good, things are bad, save your money. But you're definitely going to need some type of me personally, a spiritual base, something that you listen to to keep you uplifted, even when the moments aren't in your favor. Mm-hmm. That's so. My morning routine is something always uplifting, something uplifting, and it's not even so much music with me either. Mm-hmm. I listen to that later on today. Got you. Got you. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. That's a percent. So look, I do want to uh, transition into. We only have a small amount of time. But um, how about this? Let's pay some bills real quick, Rich, and then uh, we can come back to that last question I have for for D. Hey, so if you need to book studio time, uh, podcast time, uh, content creation, contact Factual Film Studio. The link is in the bio. Uh, you can rent the space out hourly or you can rent it out for the day, but you can do all the content that you need, just like this podcast. For sure. And we out. Mm-hmm.